0: What's going on, DMZ? I'm Linnell Willingham. This is The Fan. Ride with me for the next three hours. And they take you right up to 105. while past the rock to the OGs, Charlie Slows and Dave Jackler. They'll get you warmed up for the series finale of Nats and Brewers with Nats on deck. Speaking of the Nats, I'll be joined by NBC Sports Washington, Washington Nationals insider Matt Warrick at 1245. He'll recap the week that was for the Nats and give us his analysis on Steven Strasburg's first game back. At 11.30, i I'll be joined by one of the best in the business, the leader of late night, JR, the host of the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, I know that JR, he is a major hoop head. He'll help me preview Celtics Warriors Game 5. We'll also get his thoughts on this Jack Del Rio controversy here in Washington. Plus, I'll get his thoughts on the just dreadful collapse of the New York Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And at 10.45, I'll be joined by WUSA's Darren Haynes. He was at Commander's OTAs this past week. So we'll talk ball with my big bro Darren and get his thoughts on MAGA Jack and just the foolish comments uh, that were made this past week. We've got a jam-packed show for you all. Here on this, it's a mucky Sunday, I'll call it, murky, murky Sunday here in our nation's capital. Remember, I'm here for you guys, so feel free to tap in with me at any time throughout the show on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, 1-800-636-1067. You can also get at me on the Bird app. You can also get at me on Twitter. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. I don't want to waste any time. Three minutes past the hour here in our nation's capital. Let's get right into it. My man Michael Phillips, who covers the Washington Commanders for the Richmond Times Dispatch. He was on with me this past Monday when I hosted, and if I would have knew he had this bombshell about to drop over the weekend, I would have <laughs> I would have got some more insight on it. But last night I'm laying back preparing for the show. And it's rare that you just get a gem that drops on your timeline when you're getting ready to put your radio show together. And that's what I got last night. Uh, My man Mike Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch just did an interesting exercise yesterday where he chronicled all the drama and insignificant events that have happened to the Washington Commanders since February 2nd. Now, February 2nd, obviously a crucial key date in Washington Commanders history because that's when they unveiled the new name and uniforms. That is when the official rebrand happened. We are the Commanders. That's when everything kicked off, February 2nd. And first and foremost, shout out to my guy, Mike Phillips. You can follow him on Twitter, uh, at Mike. You can follow him on Twitter, at MichaelPRTD. That's at MichaelPRTD. Right for the Richmond Times Dispatch. You can check out his work and follow along with me. As I briefly recap, what Mike was, you know, kind enough to lay out for us because Mike came off the top rope. He really did. You want to talk about laying the smackdown? He uh, he put together this list, and in this list, he 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 laid out each event. And now, you know, the events since February second haven't been the most positive uh, of events. We'll start with the first one. This is after the name reveals. A couple weeks later, the NFL's largest beer sponsor, Anheuser-Busch, opts not to renew its sponsorship deal with the Washington Commanders. Now, when that happened, I'm just going back in time, thinking about that. A red flags were immediately raised for me because I put it to you like this: If a beer company is not willing to sponsor you, you have major you have major problems major issues because the way a beer brand brands itself the way beer sponsors brand themselves they want something that's edgy they want a raunchy product they don't mind sticking their neck out there not in not not Bush though <laughs> they were not willing to do so to stick their neck out for Dan Snyder and the Washington commanders that was the first domino that fell The next one that came out was interesting to me because it it seemed like it was just a pile-on. Bobby Three Sticks, Robert Griffin III, former star quarterback of the Washington, then Redskins. He releases on ESPN, goes on there and opens his mouth and says he's going to drop an explosive tell-all book detailing what he quoted as one of the most dysfunctional franchises in all of professional sports, but as we all know, He quietly pulled the plug on that project. Now, in my humble opinion, I think Papa Dan said, Hey, Bobby, Robert, remember all those times I was taking you in my limo to the stadium? Remember when I gave you the confidence to go into Mike Shanahan's office and tell him what the hell you weren't and were and we're not going to do? Remember that? Stay easy. Tread lightly. That's what I think happened with the Robert Griffin thing. Obviously, we end up not seeing that book. Then the USA Today and Pro Football talk during the Super Bowl. During the Super Bowl. Now, I put specific emphasis on that detail of it happening during the pregame of the Super Bowl because the NFL is very strategic in the way it delivers its information. And for this report to be dropped during the pregame show of the Super Bowl, USA USA Today and Pro Football talk reported that a number of owners were growing, quote-unquote, tired of Washington Commander's owner Dan Snyder and are working behind the scenes to oust him. So that was the first time we heard any type of inkling of there potentially being unrest between the other 31 owners and how they feel Daniel Snyder's been moving. Next domino to fall, Snyder announced he would commission his own investigation into sexual assault allegations To which Big Papa Roger Goodell responds, oh, hell no. You can't do that. Roger Goodell responds by saying the league will be handling that investigation. Dan, sit back. Tread lightly. Sit back and relax. We'll we'll, we'll handle everything on the investigation front. And that all baffled me because it's like, man, imagine now a man of my character, of course, would never participate in such idiocy like this. But imagine if you went on, you went into your grandmother's purse or something, and you took her credit card, right? Imagine if when y'all all all in the living room trying to find out where Granny's credit card is, imagine imagine if you know you took it and you're the one trying to figure out who took your grandma's credit card. How could you look yourself in the damn mirror? And that's how I feel about Daniel Snyder trying to, Commission his own investigation into these sexual assault allegations that he's being accused of, what's going on in his workplace. Next domino to fall. Former Washington Redskins, Washington football team quarterback, Alex Smith. He goes up on ESPN and he said, the team's front office mismanagement, it hurt the performance on the field while he was here. Alex Smith started nine games for Washington in his first season before he suffered that gruesome leg injury. And then he had the remarkable comeback story in Ron Rivera's first season where he had to beg to get on the damn field when he was clearly the most competent quarterback on the roster despite him having one leg. That was the next step to follow. And I feel like Alex dropped that bombshell basically to the tune of, hey, look, things weren't perfect when I was there. I saw the dysfunction. You couldn't even get me on the damn field. And I was the best quarterback you had. So when a player comes out and speaks about his experience in this clown show organization called the Washington Commanders, it means something. It sticks to you, especially when a guy who is as well-respected as Alex Smith is and who moves with the professionalism that Alex Smith moves with. Continue to ride with me here. I got more for you. The next domino to fall. Former marketing and events coordinator Tiffany Johnson comes out and accuses Washington Commander's owner, Daniel Snyder, of sexual harassment at a United States House roundtable forum. Saying, quote, the only reason Dan Snyder removed his hand from my back and stopped pushing me towards his limo was because his attorney intervened and said, Dan, Dan, this is a bad idea. That's a quote from Tiffany Johnson. She also said, I learned that I should remove myself From Dan's grip. While his attorney was distracting him. So that was the next domino to fall. We got. Some just disgusting details. On just exactly how. Misogynistic. Daniel Snyder was. And for all accounts. Probably continues to be. Next domino to fall. Former employee Jason Freeman. He alleges that the team participated in some financial improprieties, that the team withheld ticket sale money from the NFL's revenue sharing program, which is used in part to help set player salaries, which is used in part to help dictate the amount of cap space that each team in the NFL is going to have. He also shared emails alleging that the team Made it burdensome was the word that was used. Made it burdensome for ticket holders to claim their refundable deposits when they no longer purchase seats. So basically, he was cooking the books. He was cooking the books. Dan Snyder trying to make things seem better on the financial front for the Washington Commanders than they actually were. And everyone's probably well-versed in what's happened and some of the, you know, details I'm I'm divulging here on this timeline that my man Michael Phillips put together. The next one. Jonathan Allen comes out unprompted on Twitter when asked by a fan which three historical figures he would have dinner with. The captain of this football team, the man who most people consider the heart and soul of this football team, responded, my granddad, Hitler, Hitler, And Michael Jackson. So now we're starting to see where the lines are kind of starting to get blurred here between guys' personal opinions, politics, and the football team. And that's my biggest frustration right now with the Washington Commanders. And yesterday, if you were tuned in with me, one to 335, I ethered Jack Del Rio. I laid it all out on the line and let people know how I felt about Jack D'Oreal, and I was thankful you guys blew up the phone lines. Continue to do so today, 1-800-636-1067. Tap in with me, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. and also get at me on Twitter, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Let's keep moving on. The latest, well, it isn't even the latest, because after this, more news continued to happen. The big news of this week, though, is what I just referenced. On Wednesday, defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio called the January 6th insurrection at our United States Capitol building a dust-up. He was then fined $100,000 by head coach Ron Rivera, who released a statement on behalf of this football team and franchise. I took issue to that as well. I know some of you out there listening are probably like, wow, he's just nitpicking. Wow, he's just pointing out everything. I'm, I'm stating the facts here. That's that's my brand of radio. I'm coming coming at you with facts, right? Have I lied yet? I'm reading down a timeline of events that have happened since February the 2nd. Since this team got up there on the podium and echoed the sentiments of Ron Rivera. When he was first introduced, here is his team's head coach. Ron Rivera said he wanted to create a sustainable, winning culture. Well, you've sustained being average for the last two seasons. You won seven games back-to-back years. That's a, that's a start, right? But as far as this culture goes, I don't know. From the events I just listed in detailed for you, are those the events of a franchise that seem like they have a good culture? My other big problem is, why is Ron Rivera the one levying down a fine and releasing a statement? He was in France. He was in France when he had to do this. He had to meet with Jack Del Rio over a video conference to talk about something as serious as those events were Wednesday when Jack Del Rio spewed that ridiculousness out of his mouth. Why didn't the owner, why didn't the owner make a statement? This was an opportunity for Daniel Snyder to gain some positive press and PR within this Washington Commanders fan base. Get some guys back on his side. Get some of these politicians back on his side. Because what Jack Del Rio said, it sure enough didn't help. After he said that a majority of the D.C. City Council, they said "Uh uh-uh, no to a Commanders facility at the current RFK site. They said no. We, we can't work with you. Not when you're saying things like that. If you were listening to 106.7 throughout the week, we had multiple senators on some of our shows. B. Mitch and Finley, 10 to 2. Grant and Danny, 2 to 6.30. The next domino that fell was the final one. Virginia Stadium bill was rolled back from $1 billion to $350 million. Then, after Jack DeRio made these comments, they ultimately decided, we're going to table discussions on the Washington Commanders bringing this franchise, this new sports and entertainment complex that Dan Sanders trying to create this Taj Mahal. We don't want any part of it here in Virginia because why are we going to pay for something who's run by a man that has no structure in his life, clearly, right? And can you blame the state of Virginia? I can't. Now, as a Commanders fan, I think it's good that they're not going to be in Virginia. I never agreed with the fact that I'm trying to move to Virginia in the first place. Now that you've heard me give a rundown of what this franchise has been through since its attempted rebrand, I pose you this question. All we heard when Ron Rivera and Jason Wright were hired was that this franchise wanted to start anew and, and build that sustained winning culture. They wanted to look forward. And they didn't want to be subject to the criticism and malpractice, you know, of their predecessors in the past. They wanted a clean damn slate. And that's really what this rebrand has been all about. New name, new uniform, trying to start anew. And I get all that. But I just gave you the facts. A chronological timeline of what has really happened to this team since their official rebrand and launch of the Washington Commanders. So I got some food for thought here for you this morning. Tap in with me, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, or you can tap in with me on Twitter, at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Since Ron Rivera and Jason Wright have taken over, do you think the culture has changed for the better? Tap in with me, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, 1-800-636-1067. Since Ron Rivera and Jason Wright have taken over, do you think the culture has changed for the better? I'll tell you what I think on the other side of this break. I'm Lanelle Willingham here with you until 1 o'clock and listen to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. I'm Lanelle Willingham. This is The Fan. Here with you live in local. If you're in the DMV, if you're listening somewhere else, you can tap in with me on the Odyssey app as we're streaming nationally there before we went to break. So I had some food for thought for you on this muggy Sunday morning in our nation's capital. In that first segment, I went through the timeline that our buddy Michael Phillips over at the Richmond Times-Dispatch went over in his article for the dispatch last night. Once again, I want to give a shout-out to my guy Michael Phillips. You can follow him on Twitter at MichaelPRTD for the entirety uh, of the article. I summarized it there for you. But I did that to raise this question for you. For you to tap in with me on the MGM National harbor listener lines one 800 636 106.7. 106.7. You can also get at me on Twitter at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Based off of the timeline and the series of events I just gave to you, since Ron Rivera and Jason Wright have taken over, do you think the culture has changed for the better? Let's go to Andy and Sterling. Andy, what do you think, buddy?
1: Good morning, Linnell. You know what? I really
0: appreciate... Linnell, man. I appreciate you calling.
1: Though. Yeah, man. Uh, I really think... I really got to give you and B-Mitch a lot of kudos for basically being the only ones on the station that have really made an effort to lay everything out and not be afraid of any blowback from any of the callers of anybody else. You you two have basically laid out the sins of Daniel Snyder and how nothing has changed, even with the addition of Rivera and Jason Wright. Uh, the, The team still stinks and it's rotting from the top and the top is snyder and as long as snyder owns his team uh it will continue to occur the owners had an opportunity the nfl had an opportunity goodell had an opportunity to get rid of this piece of garbage as owner but refused to do anything for whatever reason i don't know if it's a boys club they just want to protect their own they've got their their own uh sins that are basically being hidden but for whatever reason the final uh, nail in the coffin, I think, was that, that Del Rio's little comments equating what happened with the Black Lives Matter protests and what happened in that insurrection on our Capitol on, on January 6th. To equate the two was totally ridiculous. It's obvious that those clowns that stormed the Capitol were racist, they were they were waving around Confederate flags. They were wearing anti-Semitic, uh, uh, Holocaust denier shirts. They epitomized everything that Trump and these wag jobs on the right represent. And for him to have equated that, that you know what, Del Rio should have been fired and fired on the spot. He manages. I agree with a, you,
0: Andy. I said that yesterday. I would have fired him. Yeah,
1: he manages or he coaches a group of players that are predominantly black. For him to have said that, my God, I would have, I would have thought that the players would have revolted. I
0: can understand why oh, they're oh, not. Oh, speaking oh up, Andy! So. Oh, Andy! If if you tuned in with me yesterday, and and I and I appreciate your call, buddy. I I noted that. I played college football. I played high school football. I've played organized sports since I was ten years old. I've been in the locker room where controversial things have been said and have blurred those lines between politics and our goal as a team on the field. And when you don't, when your ideologies don't align with the person you're playing for, the effort that you're going to give, the effort might not change, but your desire, your reasoning is definitely going to change. Because I know when I'm a member of a football team and I'm a member of a a group group team, team sport, things along that line, you want to play for the guy that's coaching you. That's another driving factor into why teams have championship DNA. It starts at the top. They want to go to bat and go to war, run through a wall for the guy that's leading them. And after Jack Del Rio made those comments this past week, I know the players are going to come out in the media and handle it in a professional manner because they're in the National Football League and that's what they're paid to do. They're not trying to cause more distraction. They they can't be they can't be thrilled uh, about what Jack Del Rio said, and I know there's probably a divide in that locker room, and we're only in the month of June. But when I talk about this culture not changing since Ron Rivera and Jason Wright have taken over, a lot of the things I outlined for you from that Michael Phillips piece. That wasn't on Ron Rivera and Jason Wright, a lot of that stuff. A lot of that stuff was the mess that they had to clean up from Dan Snyder. But Ron Rivera and Jason Wright aren't exempt. Ron Rivera specifically are not exempt from the bad culture that still exists, in my opinion, in Ashburn. When you take a look at situations like The Dallas game. You're on national television, Sunday Night Football, and you have Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen fighting each other on the sidelines when this team's getting their head caved in by your division rival in prime time. That that does not signify a change in culture. When the captain or makeshift captain, because you pushed him like you wanted him to be the captain of this defense, and I'm going to call it how it is, And I can relate to Chase Young. I know how it is being a young black man growing up in this area with pressure to succeed from not only your family but your peers and the people that you work for. I know what it's like. But for him to miss OTAs two years in a row not being there for every session and to be called a captain, you've called him out for being undisciplined, you've tried to send multiple messages to him through the media calling him undisciplined and how he's rushing and playing the game, that's not signifying a change in culture. This offseason, when you mishandled the Matt Ioannidis contract situation and you basically flat-out lied to his agent and his agent said such, that's not signifying a change in culture. You want to do business the right way with guys. That's the type of thing that stops a guy from another team from coming here. That's the things that agents, spew, agents talk in this league. Agents talk. They go, well, 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 you see how Washington did, Ionitis? I wouldn't want you to go there. Because just to think that an agent only represents one guy, you're foolish. Agents represent a plethora of guys throughout this league. And when your reputation becomes like that, where you're mishandling guys' contracts and playing with people's money, lying to them, playing with their livelihoods, essentially, that's not signifying a change in culture. When you hire your trainer from your former regime in Carolina – And it's Friday in October before the Atlanta Falcons game and the Popo show up at the facility kicking the damn door down, trying to raid the place, looking for Lord knows what. That's not signifying a change in culture. When you got one of the highest paid players on your defense refusing to play a different position, I'm talking about Landon Collins refusing to be referred to as a linebacker when when, when that's what the hell he was playing as. When you've got those type of issues and egos are flowing that heavy in your locker room and it's becoming a problem to where you're only calling certain defenses in the first eight weeks of the season where you're not properly deploying him because if you're afraid of what his feelings are, that's not signifying a change in culture. When Jack Del Rio calls out the secondary In his little interview with Julie Donaldson at the park, and I know a little bit of drinks may have been flowing before that one because he was loosey-goosey, telling it all. Speaking his truth, but his truth, in my opinion, does not signify a change in culture. He's calling out guys in the secondary, blaming their lack of attendance at OTAs for why this defense struggled the first 10 weeks of this season. That's not signifying a change in culture. Where Jack Del Rio goes and makes those ridiculous comments that he made on Wednesday, that is not signifying a change in culture. One man who knows a lot about creating a sustained winning culture is my next guest. When we come back, I'll be joined by nine-time Emmy-winning sports director and anchor from WUSA 9. He also won the Associated Press Best Sports Anchor Award for the fifth straight year New Haven's own. Darren Haynes joins me with the latest on the Washington Commanders, including his reaction to the Jack Del Rio comments in the latest on this team search for a new stadium. Don't move a muscle. Ride with me. Linnell Willingham here with you on 106.7 The Fan until 1 o'clock. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. I'm Liddell Willingham. You're tuned in to the fan. Here with you till one o'clock because I'll pass things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. We'll get you warmed up for Nats baseball. Nats and Brewers playing the final game of their three game series. First pitch set for 135. But joining me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app, it's my big home. Nine-time Emmy Award-winning sports director and anchor from WSA 9. He's also won the Associated Press Best Sports Anchor for the fifth year in a row. New Haven's own Darren Haynes joins me on the back QL guest hotline. What's going on, big bro?
2: What's going on, man? I appreciate the,
0: hi- the hype up. <laughs> now, <laughs> of course, now man. I gotta li- now I got to live
2: up to it. You now know, I got to live up to it. Look,
0: you know I'm going to tell her how I T.I. is when it comes to you, man. So, look, yes, Darren, sir. I wanted to have you on here because many people know you for your, your media savvy and how how – good work you do on WSA 9 but I know you played some ball back in the day in college and you seen what happened this week with Ron I mean with Jack Del Rio in the comments that he made I wanted to ask you as a former collegiate athlete who's you know played organized sports and been in a locker room what were your initial thoughts when you heard those comments in the player in you how would you have handled
2: Oh, that's a great question. That's the first time I, I someone actually asked me that, so so let me let us go for the first part. My first reaction when I when I heard Jack Del Rio's uh, when I heard Jack Jack Del Rio's comments was immediately like, "Oh my gosh, he just said that." <laughs> um, it, 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 we all were like, "Oh my gosh, he just said that." He he just compared the Capitol riot, uh, you know, the U.S. Capitol um, attack. As a dust up. Um, So, you know, as in media people, you know, sometimes we like to hear good stuff where we can write a story, but that was one of those right. where we were like in shock, like, oh my gosh, no, he did not just say that. No, he didn't this just really,
0: give us, bad. No, no, he didn't just give us this. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so it, that so that was my first reaction. The player reaction in me, now, which is crazy, that's probably a little bit different because, you know, when I played, it was. You know, you, you you keep your mouth shut and you just listen to coach, and you kind of just you know do do your thing. Times have changed now, um, but I but if I still had to think about it, if I was playing right now in the way how I know how I feel, I would definitely keep in my back pocket that Jack Del Rio is not a, a huge fan of what I believe in. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I just, there's people who I, I work with in the industry where I've he- I've heard people say this and that. And I keep that in my back pocket, and I'm like, I remember when you said this, right? Yep. So, so oh, I keep dude. I keep my my, di- my distance, my relationship with that particular person, um, cool, because we work together. And you know, if Jack Del Rio was my head uh, was my defensive coordinator, yes, you're my coach, but when, you know, when the whistle stops, when the when practice is over, I know how you feel about my you know my life and people right. who have lost their lives, people who look like me, absolutely.
0: And, Darren, my big thing with that from the player standpoint is, I was saying it in the last segment, the teams that have that sustained winning culture that are always there at the end, no matter what sport it is, there's a bond and connection, not only in that locker room, but with the guys who coach you. And I was saying it like this, I wouldn't want to play for his ass, knowing no, he doesn't have the same ideologies as me. And it's not even about knowing that he doesn't have the same beliefs that I have. It's about how bold he was to go out there and share it with the world and create a distraction for an organization that, Darren, you know, quite frankly, does not need any more distractions.
2: No, <laughs> no, they didn't need any more distractions. Five distractions ago, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but man, it's it, it's one of those situations where I was thinking, I was like, dude, what, what do they do with, with Jack Del Rio? And yeah. and I think, of course, they had to make some decision in regards to a punishment and. And I, I just knew that they weren't going to fire him. Right. There was no way or have him resign. I think there was probably that meeting where it's like, hey, look, we're in this position where we really need this season to be successful, and we can't try to find a quick defensive coordinator who would try to, you know, hop in real quick, as we're in our third season under, you know, under Ron Rivera, and trying to, you know, make it a winning season, make the postseason. Um, so they're kind of at a crunch where, okay, how can we penalize this guy? But um,
0: without hurting ourselves you know, too much, right?
2: Yeah, correct. Ab- right. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's June. Right. Exactly. <laughs> camp it's June. Training camp is next month. Um. So so that's that's a tough situation for for Ron Rivera to be in. Um. Because I'm sure I I pretty much guarantee Ron was not happy with the comments that he made. Oh, he couldn't. Have. And I'm sure he wasn't happy with the comments that he, that he made before he made the dust up comments. <laughs> yeah. Um. That, that's exactly. why he didn't really comment on it. Said he was going to handle it. In, 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 you know, in their walls. Um, but uh, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's another distraction, my yeah. man.
0: Like 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 Darren said, they they didn't need any more distractions. Uh, five distractions ago. Uh, joining me right now on our BetQL guest hotline, Bet Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app. Is Emmy award-winning sports director and anchor for wsa 9 He also covers the Washington Commanders. You can follow him on Twitter at Darren M Haynes. And Darren, I wanted to ask you this angle of this whole thing. Because our own Grant Paulson here at 106.7 The Fan reported on Friday that Ron Rivera had to meet with Jack Del Rio virtually because he was in, I believe it was Paris or France, uh, Paris trying to, he was getting ready for his son's wedding. And he had to meet with Del Rio via Zoom to levy this punishment. It's a two-layer question. I know, (laughs) we kind of already hit on it. I know Ron Rivera had to be pissed about that, getting that distraction it was supposed to be one of the best moments of his life, celebrating with his son, you know, getting married. But why didn't the owner, Daniel Snyder, take the opportunity to really, in my opinion, gain some positive PR from this fan base and some of these local politicians and come out and condemn Jack Del Rio, his damn self?
2: Here, here's the answer to that. It's a clear-cut answer. If If, uh-huh. if Dan Snyder... Said anything about the situation with Jack Del Rio? He is handling the day-to-day operations of the team, and then I'll uh, put him at fault on the uh, violating what? I don't. I, I don't know if it's not now an NFL thing of him not being part of the day-to-day. or if yeah, that's weird because of his own de- his own decision. Who knows what it is? But we all know that he's not supposed to be part of the day-to-day operations. If he handled that, that's part of the day-to-day operations. Yeah. So he's violating his own punishment if you think about it. Yeah. And now. If he wasn't in his if if he wasn't in the in the position he is right now, I think he probably would have sent out a statement. I mean, they sent they sent out statements and stuff like that. Um, you know, when I think they sent out a statement when Dwayne Haskins passed away, but it was I think it was Dan and Tanya's night. I believe it was. That's my thing, though. Dan. But that's not a you know that's not a that's not a day to day operation thing. Right. In handling it or the punishment, it came from Ron Rivera. Um, I think it's different a little bit when you when you have a statement. It's not day to day, but like. If Dan Snyder was like, "Hey, I'm I'm punishing Jack Del Rio $100,000 for this. We don't like this as part of our team. Now he's part of that day to day operation."
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Here's the
2: inter- here's the interesting thing. So if Jack Del Rio has to pay the Washington Commanders $100,000, right, right, and then they don't donate that $100,000 to the uh, the Capitol Police uh, fund, can't they ex-
0: ex- can't they file that on their taxes? I was about to say, look, I thought the same. I'm like. It all, we always say this when it comes to the Washington Commanders and these fines that they levy out it's always some type of backhold to it to get that money back because as you know they are a little cash trapped over there in Ashburn <laughs> it's,
2: it's it's it's, listen it's it's good that you know that foundation's going to get that particular right, 100%, 100%. money 100% but for me if if i if i if you beat me one on one in basketball and i owe you 10 bucks and i knew that i could foul it and i could get some of that money back
0: I, the loss doesn't really hurt me that much. I, I ain't gonna play as hard. exactly, exactly. Uh, joining me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app. It's WUSA9's Darren Haynes. You can follow him on Twitter at Darren M Haynes. And Darren, I'll, I'll switch things over to the stadium front here. You've been all over this uh, to your credit. What is the latest on this stadium? We found out uh, later, late last week, that the RFK site is no longer a thing. After Jack Del Rio came out and made these ridiculous comments, Virginia officially put their stake in the ground saying, we're not messing with y'all. Are we really looking at a situation where we might have FedEx 2.0 here? That's really the
2: only situation that's the only – no, that's really what's all that's left. Man. You know, uh, obviously, Dan Snyder owns land out there. I mean, the FedEx location and stuff like that, um, that's literally the only option we have left. And 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 Dan Snyder's is in a in a position where, you know, the, these these governors or even just like people who are you know, that that are senators, they don't want the taxpayers to pay for the, the stadium. They want they want Dan Snyder to pay for it. So really, Dan is sort of handcuffed. It's a unique situation because I mean nobody wants the home team. That's no, crazy. <laughs> nobody wants the home team, and and that is the only. Place right now that Dan Snyder, if he was like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna pay for my own stadium. I have my own place that he can build it because it's his land. um Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a crazy situation. It's man. Let me tell you this story. This is this is the reality of what what's going on. So I was talking to a big corporate company that that sponsors some of DC's biggest teams. I'm not gonna say the name just right. because, but I'm talking to some of the head people there, and I'm like, hey, do you guys want to do anything with the commanders, because you do things with other, you know, professional teams in the area. And they told me straight up, like, we want to wait until this all plays out. We don't, we, we don't want to get in the mix of that. And then there was another corporate company that's with the, that's actually a sponsor with the commanders that the only reason why they're not backing out is because they're under contract with Mm. them. But like, but if they had to renew that contract right now, they will be, uh, we don't know if we want to renew it right now. Let's wait until everything dies down. So that, so that's the part of the corporate, you know, the corporate sponsor. That's the reality what Dan Snyder and his team is going through right now in regards to funding in any type of way. People don't want to touch it right now because, it's because, like we mentioned, well, a few minutes ago, there's so many distractions times distractions, which we'll probably have more distractions next week.
0: Yeah, it's a tough situation because, like you mentioned, it, growing up, I'm only 24, but, but growing up and being a fan of this team, I've, I never thought. We would get to a point where DC doesn't want you, Virginia doesn't want you, and Maryland only wants you because you're already there. And I thought this this was my whole confusion with the thing. It, it was my it was of my thought that when Jason Wright was brought in to lead this rebrand, the RFK site was supposed to be what Jason Wright was supposed to be able to mend. He was supposed to be able to mend that relationship with the city. And it just hasn't happened. And obviously, as you've outlined, it, it's been extremely tough. And right now, it's looking like the Washington Commanders aren't going to have a home in 2027.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's – I mean, they, they still have time. That's the only thing on their side. They still right have now. time. Yeah, they, they still have some, some time. Um, obviously, I think there's a quick, you know, resolution to all of it. You know, obviously, if, you know, the, the investigation ends and there's penalties or whatever it is, a switch of ownership, if I had to be that, you know, go that extreme – Awesome. I think that's that's a quick way to solve everything. I think people will be rejoicing in the city, uh, which is which is so bad, but it's the reality of the team right now. But I do know, like, like Ron Rivera and Jason Wright, they 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 are working their butt off to try to change the culture. If they not if they haven't changed it already, it's just a lot of things from the past before they came uh, that are really affecting them. But don't get me wrong, there's still current stuff. I mean, you still have the the trainer that had the the, the raid at the facility. I don't think he's been charged or anything like that yet. Yeah. Um, Then Jack Del Rio's comments. But overall, these guys are really trying to make this experience for fans a lot better than they were before. It's just in the past was so bad. It's hard to overcome that when a lot of those negativities are surrounding the owner who still owns the team.
0: Dan, I appreciate you giving me some time this morning, man. Enjoy your Sunday, brother.
2: I appreciate it. You too, man.
0: All righty. Well, that was spicy and steamy. Always good. Catching up with my big bro, Darren Haynes. You can follow him on Twitter, at Darren M. Haynes. But when we come back, we'll have a little bit of fun. We'll take a look at the NFL landscape with a bird's eye view. We're going to do it the only way I know how. The steamy way, baby. On the other side of this break, it's steamy takes only. Tap in with me on the MGM National Harbor list lines, 1-800-636-1067 and on Twitter, at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. It's about to get hot in here, y'all. Stick with me. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Linnell Willingham back with you here on The Fan. Taking you up to 1 o'clock. Nats Brewers getting underway. With Nats on deck, Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler, they'll get you warmed up. For the finale of that series, starting at 105. But before we went to the break, I told you it was going to get hot in here. Got some DMX coming back. It already got hot in the producer booth. My man, Donald Hankerson spinning the tunes on the way back from break. But I wanted to hit you with one of my reoccurring segments here when I join you guys on the airwaves. It's steamy takes only. I only want the hottest. Taki hot. Hot Cheeto hot. Whatever you want to call it, jalapeno hot. Steamy Takes Only. You can tap in with me on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, 1 800 636 1067. You can also tap in with me on Twitter at N E L L underscore BTP with the hashtag S T O, or you can go to the hashtag Steamy Takes Only. The question I got for you guys today for Steamy Takes Only is which NFL team has the best chance of being this year's Cincinnati Bengals? And hear me out when I say that. I know it's a tall, tall order, and there aren't a lot of quarterbacks in the National Football League like the man leading the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm talking about Joe Cool, Joey Beans Burrow, as I like to call him, Mr. Get Down or Lay Down, coming in and changing the culture with the Cincinnati Bengals in a little under a year and a half. Which team in 2022 has the best ability to be that squad? Who can go from worst to first in their division? And maybe get hot and take a run all the way to the Super Bowl. Who can do that? In 2020, the Cincinnati Bengals were 4-11 in the basement. 4-11-1, excuse me. In the basement of the AFC East. They lost their number one overall pick in Joe Burrow. Early on in the season. It was actually against Washington. Where he suffered that torn ACL. But all it took for the Cincinnati Bengals to bounce back was a good free agent class. And another really stellar draft class for these guys. Zach Taylor and company right in the ship, turning things around quickly. And I got an STO for you guys. My steamy take on who can be this year's 2022 Cincinnati Bengals. I go down to Northeast Florida. I go down to my man Dougie Fresh. Dougie P. And the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they got the best chance. Hear me out. They were very active in free agency, spending, you know, they had $56 million to play with, and they spent just about every dime of it. They signed Brandon Sheriff to a big-time deal, solidifying that offensive line, making sure that Trevor Lawrence is in the best position to succeed. And the reason why I think they're so comparable is because of the man at the quarterback position, talking about Trevor Lawrence and how special this young man has an opportunity to be in his second year, getting to play under a professional head coach, right? They were active. They also signed the linebacker Alulakon from the Atlanta Falcons, led the NFL in tackles in 2021 with 192 tackles. Pairing him up with Devin Lloyd, who they drafted. I mean, look. They they got the makings of a good defense. They had the number one overall pick in this past year's draft. Trayvon Walker, the defensive end from the University of Georgia. They Add two really solid linebackers Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma. They got it. They got the formula. They got the sauce. In my opinion, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Or an ascending football team. Look, we got to get to the break here, but I'll get to some of your calls before we hit it. Let's go to Mitch in New Jersey. Who do you think has the best opportunity to be this year's Cincinnati Bengals? It's Steamy Takes Only, Mitch. Good morning. Good morning.
3: Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yes, sir. I'm coming from uh, from um, Ashburn. I'm driving back home. Uh oh. Don't
0: don't I'd get say, don't get distracted.
3: Oh, it's, it's very easy to get lost right. and in these circles. I still don't understand the four ninety fives and the six ninety fives. Baltimore and Washington. Anyway, um I know this team was in last place and it and in the best division in football. I was gonna say San Diego, but the LA Chargers. Ah, kind of first, right?
0: LA Chargers, I, I like that quarterback
3: that. is that quarterback comes to his
0: own. Yep. I like to call him I baby G. I like, I like to call him Baby Jesus, Mitch.
3: Baby uh, uh yeah, right, with the long hair. <laughs> I wish I had hair period. I'll take short hair. I'll take short hair. But anyway, they've added to the line. they got Mack and Bosa, and Herbert's really just coming to his own. Yep. Uh, I think, well, Burroughs is looking good, too. So I don't know if you could say he's the best quarterback. They're the top two quarterbacks. Uh, Miami, they're going to have to wait and see what's who. are. That's going to be a great line. I think the Chargers, uh, it looks like maybe the Rams. It looks like the Rams have bought, maybe bought themselves another trip to the I wonder where get all this money from. So it's yeah, funny, definitely. Uh, hey,
0: Mitch, I appreciate the call, but we gotta get the break here. You can continue to get at me on Twitter all show long with the hashtag Steamy Takes Only or STO on Twitter at n e l l underscore b c p. Whatever your heart desires. Speaking of steamy, got a little steamy over at the NFL Network this past week when their crew discussed the Washington Commanders. When we come back, I'll let you hear with who they think has the most pressure on them heading into twenty twenty two for. You're Washington Commanders. Keep it locked. Leneau Willingham here with you until 1 o'clock. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app.